to talk about an unusual victory, and uh, I want to just start by looking in Second um, Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter uh, twenty, and I just want to start out reading uh, about five verses of scriptures. And, and, and the Bible says, after this, the Moabites, Ammonites, and the Munites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom. So think about what would you do if somebody told you, you were the leader of a people, somebody told you, hey, there's a vast army. Now, I just want you to picture it in the dramatic ways that you hear things. There's a vast army coming against you. And... Um, from Eden, and from the other side of the Dead Sea, it's already in Hezazon Tamar, that is in Gedi, alarmed Jehoshaphat, watch this, resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together, did you see that? Wow, that's, a, uh, that's unique, isn't it? The people of Judah, that is the town, they came together. And they came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they come from every town in Judah to seek him. And that, that's kind of the, the, the premise this morning, if I may. That's kind of where I want to base this message upon. He said, the, the people of Ammon and Edom and Mount Seir, there's three armies now that have arrayed themselves against you. And they're coming. And I just want you to know this morning, if it hadn't got here yet, your battle is coming. Your war is coming to you. You see, how does it happen like this? Everything is going good. Not a storm in sight. Not a cloud in the sky. In fact, the sun is shining. The wind is calm. Not, not even the sound of distant thunder. You can't even see a flash of lightning on the far horizon. But there it is. And out of nowhere, storm just brewed up. My friends, you live in Kingsland. This ought not surprise you when it comes to weather. I built a table this past week. Very, very beautiful table. Proud of this table. The legs alone on this table cost about $200. Big old fat, beautiful legs turned, and so I spent a lot of time, and I got this thing worked out, and I, it was beautiful, and all I had left to do was sand it. That's it. It's put together. It's turned over. It's up. I mean, it's out in the driveway, and, and I'm thinking, man, I just sand this thing, and, and it's beautiful, and the sun's shining, and everything's cool, and I walked inside for a cup of coffee, and my wife said, is it going to rain outside? I said, I don't think so. She said, well, it sure looks kind of dark out there. And I looked out, and out of nowhere, I grabbed the tarps, and I started, you know, and I beat the rain just barely. Man, I, and when I got the beautiful table covered up, there's all my tools getting soaked. I'm like, oh, my Lord. And what I'm saying is, out of nowhere, the storm came. And, and it was sunny, and then, boom, there it is, and the bottom fell out. And that's the way life is. And it's not necessarily raining on a table, but it's all of a sudden fiery darts in your life. 
It is all of a sudden not one person against you, not two people, but it's three and four and this group and that group. And you wonder, where in the world did this come from? I thought I was serving God. I thought everything was okay. I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. I've been going to church. I've even been tithing. And out of nowhere, my feet's kicked out from under me. I'm eating dirt. I don't get it. I, I, I want you to understand the battle is coming. And just because you walked down an aisle and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, just because you got dunked in the tank and a testimony to the world that you have aligned yourself with the master and, and all things have passed away and behold, all things have new, become new, that does not make you immune to the attack of the devil. If you don't believe that, I invite you to read Job. Uh, when you read Job, he was a man that feared God, a man that hated evil, a man that walked perfect in all of his ways by some writer's standards. But yet God said, hast thou to, 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 to Satan, have you not considered my servant Job? He loves me. He fears me. He hates evil and all that you do. Have you not tried him yet? And God set Job up and allowed him to be tested and I want to tell you something, one of the greatest psalms ever written. Here's what the Bible said, the latter part of it. Thou preparest a table before me, where? In the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let me say this, just because we're serving the Lord of all creation, that does not mean that there's not going to be times of travail. That does not mean there's not going to be hardship and burdens. But the Bible says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Amen. So I want you to understand the battle is coming. And I don't want you to freak out when the battle comes and think, well, I just must not be serving God. That's the lie the devil wants you to swallow. Here's what Peter said. 1 Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that has come to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. What he said is this is not unusual. The fiery trials of the devil, that, that's not abnormal, but that's a normality in the life of Christians. That you just got to understand trials are going to come. Hardships are going to come. Dismay is going to come. Disappointment is going to come. And you just have to be ready to fight when it comes. So, but what do we do? I, I want to read further into this, this book when, when the Bible tells us the vast army is coming against you from Edom on the other side of the Dead Sea. But Josh, Jehoshaphat inquired of the Lord. Mm -mm -mm. He proclaimed a fast. And he sought the Lord. He brought the people together. So it is important for you to know that the battle is coming so that you're not a group of Christians like young little lambs who expect everything to be peaches and cream from now on. And the enemy can just come and pounce upon you and take you unaware. Because I said to you today, the shepherd said today that the battle is coming. The enemy is going to come. And I say that so that you know how to fight. Well, wait a minute, Pastor, you hadn't shown me that. I'm going to. It's important for us to know that when the fight comes, it is not a strange thing. When you get that notice in the mail this week, it's not, it's not a strange thing. When, when that person, you know, um, comes against you, just remember this. 
Hardships come. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. You need to know that God does not always deliver us from the battle. Sometimes he delivers us through the battle. The, the, the psalmist said, Thou preparest a table before me, where? In the presence of my enemies. There's times where we have to go through it. We don't always get out of it or around it. <clears throat> but I want you to know that you're not abandoned just because you're in a battle. He leads us through it. He wants us to trust him despite the odds that are stacked up against us. That's the beauty of it. When the devil says not just Moab, but Ammon and Mount Seir. Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. We got these three armies coming against you. It ain't just, the devil likes to, to shore up all the fronts, if you will. So he has an attack coming from this way, an attack coming from this way, and an attack coming from all of these three sides. But he failed to realize that you can run to Jesus. Amen? So I want us to, I want to ask the question. First of all, let me just say this in a statement that it is a test of your faith. I want you to understand that. It is a test of your faith. Uh, nothing is worth having until it has been tested. Everything you buy, if you look at it, it'll, it'll have a mark on it. It shows where it went through inspection, where it went through testing. And so your faith, likewise, isn't worth a dime if it hadn't been tested. And if you hadn't been in the middle of a hard fight, it ain't been tested yet. So, and then if you have been in one, have you been in one lately? You see, because you know what our military does? We don't just say, well, we had an operational readiness exercise back in 2000. No, you got to have them a few times a year. You got to make sure you stay sharp. You got to make sure you stay skilled, that you stay current, and that you stay ready to fight. All right. So, so then the question is this, that... If you know that Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir is coming, and you're in charge, what do you do? Do you tell your generals to get the artillery ready and get the, the infantry, the ground troops? Or do you turn around here to drum and bugle corps and tell Dex to get everybody ready to sing? Everybody ready to play? Because now this is strange this morning. It's unusual. This, I mean, this is peculiar. Let me show you. So you got to understand how to fight. It's important for us to know how to fight. You need to know that God does not always take us out of it, but sometimes we have to go through it. And, and so I want you to see Jehoshaphat's faith. In Jehoshaphat, uh, or in 2 Chronicles uh, 20 and verse 6, I want us to see this. Notice with me, if you will, what happened. And he said, the Lord of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? He's talking to God. Are you not the God who is in heaven? He's praying. You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hands. Huh? He says, no one can withstand you. Now, I think this is pretty cool because Jehoshaphat has heard that a battle's coming. And like I've told you, yours is coming too. And then he had, the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir have come against you. Three armies are coming. He called all of Judah together. They came around. They listened to him. He said, we ain't going to eat tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to ask God to help us. So the whole country's got together. Everybody's fasting. Everybody's praying. Nobody's eating. But they're, they're, they're fasting and they're interceding. They're calling on the Lord. And let me say this. When things get bad enough in your life, you will too. You say, well, I just ain't felt the need. It, ain't, it just hasn't got hot enough yet. But when it gets hot enough, you will. 
verse 7, <coughs> Jehoshaphat says, so first of all, he acknowledges God's rule and his power and his kingdom. He said, our God, verse 7, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel um, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? He, so he admires what God has done in his prayer. He said, they've lived in it, and they have built a sanctuary to your name in it, saying, if calamity comes, um, and, and if, if calamity comes upon us, whether it's a judgment, whether it's famine, uh, whether it's a plague, we will stand in your presence before your temple that bears your name, and we will cry out in distress, and you will hear us and save us. Didn't you say that, God? And you'll start reminding him of those kinds of promises. He reminds God of what he said. And this, to me, this is an indication that we as God's children are able and encouraged to remind God that you said you would prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You said many are my afflictions, but the Lord will deliver me from all of them. You said even the young men grow weary and faint, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings of eagles. You said, oh God, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven and I'll come down and rescue. You see, you've said that, so that's an indication that it's all right for you and I to remind God of what he said. Not that he's forgotten, but that he understands we're reading up on him. So you, you gotta, you see, what you need to know is this. You've got to fight the battle God's way. Here's Jehoshaphat. He's got his fighting men. He's got the infantry. He's got the artillery. He's got all those things of that day. The swords, the spears, the javelins, the slingshots, and all of that. He's got it. He's just got to decide which way to go. And, and, and here's what I need you to do today. I've told you the battle's coming. And the reason I told you the battle's coming is because you got to know what to do. you got to know how to prepare for it. And I'm saying, why don't we just fight it God's way? For once in our life, why don't we just do it the way he asks us to do it? Huh? You know, it's reasonable. We've already tried what we know to do, and we keep failing. It's contrary to human wisdom. It is countercultural. It is politically incorrect. It is unusual. It is abnormal. It is strange. People are going to call you cuckoo, crazy. You already labeled that if you pulled into the parking lot here this morning. Bunch of crazy people. But here's what Isaiah said in 55 and 8. My thoughts, God says, are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. In other words, what you call preparation for war, God says, that ain't nothing. I don't need that kind of preparation. What you call strange, God says, is normal. And again, I told you last week in the financial blessing, when we talked about unusual blessing, I said God said some crazy things, didn't he? Yeah. Someone smites you on one cheek, he said, turn the other cheek. Someone, you know, someone makes you take their rucksack a mile, he said, ask them, would they like you to take it two miles? If you'd like to save your life, he said, well, then lose it. Wait a minute, God, it seems different. You know, the world says, look after number one, me, myself, and I. 
my four and no more. That's what the world says. But God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things that you worry about will be added to you. Don't you know that God, <laughs> go ahead and praise him. Don't you know that God knows you have need of these things? Why don't you consider the lilies of the fields that do not toil and they don't spin? But yet Solomon in all of his glory is not arrayed like one of them. Consider the sparrows of the sky that they don't gather, they don't sow, they don't plant, but yet they are fed. How much more are you than sparrows? That's what he said. Ooh, yeah, let me say, Jesus. Thank you, sister. Uh -huh. How much more are you than sparrows? unusual it is strange it is it's crazy and I've seen God do some strange and crazy things that I don't understand but yet the victory comes how is that so you got you, you got to submit to God's way you got to understand that your way ain't working he reasoned with God. He asked for God's help. He listened and he obeyed the prophet. You see, after a conversation with God, he made this proclamation. I want you to see it in verse number 10. He said in verse number 10, but now here we are. Uh, but now here, here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory, God, you would not allow us to invade. He says, when they came from Egypt, so they turned away from them and did not destroy them. He said, I wanted to kill them when I got here. But God, you told me to hold off and not do it. So now, God, you said hold off and not do it. Now they have come back and they're trying to kill us. As if to tell, you know, it's almost like we're saying, God, you should have let me go on and do this when. But God said, no, that was not the time. It was not the place. He says, now see how they're repaying us, verse 11. By coming to drive us out of the possession that you gave us as an inheritance, verse 12, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power. Did you catch that? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. I want to tell you in your personal life right now, the battle is coming. And you can join with Jehoshaphat right now saying, For I have no power to face this vast army that is attacking me. But we do not know what to do. Say this one with me. But our eyes are on you. Hello. That's okay to admit that. I don't know what to do, God. I, I don't know. I'm at my wit's end. Some of you have said that to me. I don't know which way to turn. I do turn to the sun. I'm not talking about S-U-N. I'm talking about S-O-N. Amen. And so, and, and he said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you, oh God. So then, chapter 20 and verse number 14, then, let me say this. Here's what happens. Here's the result of when you have prayed, you have called for the people to come and pray, you've gotten unified in one mind and one accord, you're in the spirit together, you've already said, Lord, I don't know what to do, preacher don't know what to do, counselor don't know what to do, lawyer hadn't figured out what to do, but Lord, our eyes are stayed on you. All of a sudden, when you get in that kind of unity, and you tell the Lord how much you depend upon him, there came a moving of the spirit that came through the place. And a heavy anointing become, come upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. And the Bible said, he said, listen, 
Jehaziel says this, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all that live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. How many of you know it's great when the Lord finally speaks? Amen. They've been, they, they hadn't ate today. They, they got together to pray. But when the Lord finally speaks, he said, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> hey, you better hear me now. I'm talking about the battle that I told you is coming to you. And you know what you got to do? You got to find somewhere and pray. You got to get with your life group, maybe it is, and pray. You got to get with one or two people and pray. You got to seek the Lord. You might even have to push the plate back a little bit. And all of a sudden, the spirit begins to move. And Jehaziel says, Here's what the Lord says The battle is not yours. So here's what I want to tell you quit worrying about it. Oh, but pastor, you don't know how much I'm being sued for, nor do I care, because the battle is not yours. Huh? I remember when the tax bill was $23,000, Camden said, you will pay that on this building, and the Lord said, the battle ain't yours. I'm not going to act real pious like I was, oh, absolutely, God, you got this. Now, I had some trembling times. I had some times where I really called on the Lord. Are y'all hearing me? And I asked the Lord to give me some reassurance. But I'm telling you, he did, and the battle was his, and it was not mine, and the victory was his, and the praise is his. So he said the battle is not yours but God's. So tomorrow, uh-oh, here we go. Y'all ready for this? Man, it's going to get a little radical in here. But tomorrow, he says, march down against them. Now, see, he did not say the battle's not yours, but there's some other armies coming in. The U.S. is coming with some B-52s. We're going to knock them all out. He said, nope, but you have got to do what I say. Amen. He said, tomorrow, march down against them. Watch this. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz. And you'll find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. I want you to see something. Notice how the Lord reveals the plans of the enemy to the righteous. The Lord has the ability to keep you one step ahead of the enemy that you're facing. Amen. The devil thinks he's got you right here around this next corner. He's already got an ambush waiting on you. And God says, don't sweat it. He said, tomorrow morning, they're coming up by the pass of Ziz at the end of the gorge in Jeruel. That's where they're going to be. God has a unique ability, an unusual ability, to keep us unusually informed. Mm, 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 mm. Verse 17. I, I want you all to catch this. You will not have to fight in this battle. Take up your positions and stand firm. And see the deliverance that the Lord is going to give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. But go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Now I want to stop. I got to break this down just a little bit. He didn't say that you wasn't going to have to go to the fight. He said you got to go. In other words, you got to deploy. You got to go to the fight. 
you've got to take up the position where you were going to fight. And when you get there, just stand still. Now, get up in the morning, get your breakfast, get your weapon, whatever it is, and go take up your position. And that's all I want you to do. And God is saying that you got to go. You got to go. You got to take up your position and stand firm. Don't you stand here looking like no coward. Don't you stand here thinking, I hope they don't get me. I hope I don't get shot in the war. No, he said, you go, you take up your position, and you stand firm. And while you're standing there, I want you to stand there. Confident! Huh? He said, because the Lord is going to bring deliverance. Go out and face them. I'm going with you. It's so unusual. It is so strange. It is incredibly crazy to go to battle like this, but it's God's way. Notice what he said. So they had to go to battle and take their positions like they were going to fight, but they never had to fight. The people are unified in their efforts. They're unified in their praise. Where does, where, where, hey, let me ask you all this. Where does God dwell? In the praises of his people. Huh? That's where he dwells. They were unified there. Now notice verse 20. And, and, and we're going we're gonna to try to tie this up if the Lord will help me. He says right here in verse 20, early in the morning they left the desert of Tekoa. They set out and Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah, Jer people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord. You know why? It's the next morning. You got to remind people because they'll forget overnight. Uh, we almost have to call some of y'all on Monday and say, remember what he said, preached on Sunday, y'all were shouting. Uh, I know you just opened the mailbox, but just rehearse what the pastor said Sunday. He said, uh, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in God, your God, and you'll be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you'll be successful. After he consulted with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went to go and sing. He said, go sing these words. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. No, no, no. Hold on a minute, I don't get this. Give thanks to the Lord for his... See, because conventional wisdom, every general around the table would say, Jehoshaphat, get your men that can throw a rock real good, that's real accurate. Get the men that can throw a spear and a javelin that, that have got real accurate. Get those that can shoot a slingshot. Get those that can hold shields. That's what everybody would be saying. This would be the war college of that day. To, you know, tell them to turn off their iPhones. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. That, in that, so he would be thinking about this physical battle. But the Lord, in an unusual twist, in this battle, he says, I want you to call up the Levites. I want you to call up the people that can sing. In my case, I would pick up my iPhone and say, Adam, the church is facing a battle. Man, we, we're up against the, the enemy right now. It's real bad. I want you to get a hold of Mike Wooten and Dexter Jones. And, and I want you to get a hold of PJ or Zachary or somebody, Adam, somebody can beat the drums. Get a hold of Tim. Find somebody can hit the bass and find the best songs we got. Because tonight at 7 o'clock, we're fixing to go to war. Hello? 
We ain't going to throw one rock. We're not going to throw one javelin. We're not going to pull a bow back. We ain't going to do none of that. But we're going to lift up our voice and say, Give thanks unto the Lord, for his love endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for his love endures forever. And somebody's going to break out in a solo that says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for his love endures forever. And old Dex is going to cut down on the sacks and say, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for his love endures forever. And all of a sudden, that same Spirit of God that come upon Jehaziel and he began to prophesy, somebody out there is going to feel it. Somebody's going to say, victory's coming. Victory today is mine. It's an unusual praise, but it's an unusual victory. God is in this house. It is crazy, you say. It is unorthodox. It is abnormal. And you're absolutely right. But that's what we're going to do. Hello. You know why they begin to sing? Here's what happened, verse 22. They begin to sing, and as they sang, the Lord set ambushments against the men of Moab, Ammon and Mount Seir. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against them to destroy them and to annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place, they overlooked the desert and toward the vast army. They looked around, everybody lying dead on the ground. Jehoshaphat and his men started carrying off the plunder. There's a whole lot of equipment, clothing, articles of value. It took three days to get it all carried off. The fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, where they praised the Lord. They called it, you see, because Barakah, where they praised the Lord, because that's the name of that's what it means. And then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully. For the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres. That's the instrument, not a lyre. You understand? Harps, lyres, and trumpets. The fear of God come upon all the surrounding kingdoms. Listen. Not because of the artillery. Not because of the infantry. Not because of the might of strong and capable defenders. But because of a strategy where a leader listened to God and said, if we'll praise God in the middle of the darkest night, if we'll praise God in the hottest battle, God will show up and come to fight for us. So that's what I want these singers to do right now. You got some battles that you're in right now, I want you to stand with me. Let me say this, if you hadn't got them, they're coming, so you ought to stand. And I want to just call up uh, one of our fighting men, Adam. He's going to lead this tribe right now. They're going to lead the battle today. We'll let the others rest. So as they begin to call on the name of the Lord, as they begin to worship, you find the words that they're singing and you get lost in it as well. Come on, let's praise the Lord.